This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, February 22nd, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. The dignity of work is important, but over the long term, that dignity of work must be tied to the genuine value of the work. That's according to Cato's Ryan Bourne. We spoke this week. When we think about work and the value of work, uh, when conservatives talk about it, and even when many libertarians talk about it, they talk about that there is dignity in work. That is, uh, productivity uh, helps people with self-esteem, that uh, in addition to the money that it provides, it gives you a sense of contributing, and it gives you a very uh, you know, real or imagined uh, sense that uh, you're providing for your family, and this really helps people one, stay in the workforce and not get bogged down in, in minor distractions that keep them from uh, grappling with their actual substantive problems uh, in life. So what's wrong with uh, this notion applied more broadly as uh, some people want to? I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with it. I think there's a lot to that argument. Clearly, um, going out to work provides structure for many people's lives. Um, I, I do think that the ability to provide for for one and one's family um, is important in in self worth and self realization terms. So I don't doubt any of that. Um, work definitely does have instrumental value in in kind of being a provider for your family, and and that's a good thing. Where I think people like conservative scholar Oren Cass go too far is that I think the dignity at work comes from a, a broader sense of what work is about than working for the sake of providing for one's family or one's community. And that is for work to be inherently dignified. I think work has to be genuinely useful and, and socially productive. And people get a sense of self-worth from realizing that their job is, is something necessary and desired. And once one takes that point as a given, it has very, very different policy implications than if one just wants uh, sees work as, as having instrumental value and so wants to kind of boost wages, uh, put people into certain sectors where uh, uh, they're likely to earn um, higher incomes for, for themselves and their families and recognizes that actually market signals tell us something quite important about what what activities society values and the inherent dignity that comes from that. So I guess one question, and I think this is a legitimate question, maybe it's too in the weeds, but what difference does it make to the person working who's earning money, who is gaining self-esteem, who's providing for their family and uh, someone who, as you say, having that structure provided to them, what difference does it make to them whether the, the work ultimately is productive or not productive? I think everybody inherently knows whether their work is is socially useful or productive. So let me give let me perhaps give a policy example, and then and then we can work back from that. So Donald Trump and a lot of American conservatives seem obsessed at the moment with preserving certain forms of employment in in kind of aspect. They they regard certain forms of employment, particularly in heavy manufacturing, these uh, major industries of the past, such as steel production. As being something to aspire to more than more than other jobs, and certainly, you know, um, many positions in those sectors are well remunerated um, to the extent that they still exist. They provide people with decent incomes to provide for themselves and their families. 
But keeping alive those inefficient sectors through kind of protectionism or state favoritism cannot guarantee long-term dignity. And I think we're seeing at the moment with uh, farmers obviously scrambling to lobby the administration for um, subsidies as a result of the, the pushback in the China trade war, or you know, uh, certain sectors, representatives and leaders going to government lobbying for certain protections for certain industries, that isn't inherently dignified. Now, that might not directly affect the workers straight away, but certainly ignoring market signals and um, getting to a position where the whole industry is its existence um, is only continued because of that protectionism in the long term has disastrous consequences. And the, and the best example of this, I think, is the uh, the miners, the coal miners in the UK who were protected all through the 1970s. And then when the energy sector in the UK was liberalised under the Thatcher government, there was mass unemployment, really, really bad scarring effects um, for those communities because that change had been resisted for so long. So the point that I'm getting to here is, is not that the dignity that comes inherently from being able to provide with your family isn't valuable and, and work important and an instrumental value, but that dignified work in the long term requires that, that work to be useful and, and something that people want and need. And if you try and shape policies such that you ignore those market signals, it leads to very, very undignified outcomes in the longer term. It seems like uh, almost, in some ways, a Marxist argument against uh, what would be described as leftist policies. That is to say, uh, for work to be dignified in the long run, it must be useful. And uh, to the extent that it's useful and individuals who are in the workforce recognize that it's useful, they're less alienated. I think there's something to that. Now, the left's view of dignity, when the left talks about dignity in work, they often refer to a, a very different uh, phenomenon, which is really about dignity at work. So if you listen to most of the things that... Uh, liberals talk about these days, it's about working conditions and the amount of pay that you're paid per hour, the degree of inequality within a firm. So it's about inherent features or characteristics of the work that they believe make that work dignified or not. And I think that that leads to um, the left ignoring these market signals in a different way. So there's a hell of a lot of snootiness and downplaying of the value of, of roles in the sharing and platform economies, for example, coming from the left, because that breaks that traditional kind of union model of being both, you know, lobbying for well-paid people being employees of a company, big labor unions being able to put pressure on that company to, to improve working conditions. Because these are self-employed uh, contractors in many cases, there's not that that degree of control that unions are able to exert. And they regard that kind of work as being undignified at work because workers don't have or aren't perceived to have the same protections and benefits that union workers in other industries are able to obtain. So they look at that in a different way. But I think that's problematic because to the extent that you you try and change policy away from, from those industries existing or make it much more difficult for those industries to exist you're um, reducing the options available, particularly for, for very low-skilled employees. And that makes it harder for people to find work that the market or other individuals through their demands regard as inherently useful and valuable. 
Ryan Bourne occupies the R. Evan Scharf Chair for the Public Understanding of Economics. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.